Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. All brought to you by PRTG Network Monitor from Paisler.com. More about that later. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always is our Tech, Center, tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. I'm going to start off this week, Niall, with a CanSat, which does literally what it says on the tin. That must have taken you a while to come up with, did it? Ah, well, it's a CanSat. What is it? Yeah, okay. Yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a can, it is a satellite, it is basically a soft drink can or a vessel in the in the exact same shape and size and the idea is that you fill said container with um sensors and various other things that are used by um, a satellite in orbit so you've got power control sensors communications all that sort of thing but you also have to equip it with a satellite um not with a satellite which i wish i parachute um because the idea is this thing is going to go 400 meters into the air but it's also got to land right so the idea is you shoot up your um cansat into the air while it's up there it has a series of experiments or a series of kinds of data it has to gather Mm. and then it returns to earth and you have to be able to extrapolate that data and interpret it so uh it's a little sort of experiment in a can if you will um 18 teams competed in the European uh, competition uh, out in the Azores. Um, Irish teams have traditionally done pretty well at this competition, you know, and, and, you know, it's organised by the ESA. So it's got it's got a bit of backing behind it as well. So, uh, as I say, Irish teams have done pretty well in the past. But um, Marist College Athlone, congratulations, you're the first Irish winners, which is very exciting. I think that's fair to say. That is very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. And a leader uh, across all of Europe they are as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a European competition. So that's that's really positive as well. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks uh, and maybe the next few months as well is the idea of new space, which is um, uh, something that we hinted at, I think, last year when we were talking about the, the space economy mm. and the role that Ireland has to play in it. And it's it's little competitions like this that get people thinking about what we can do um, and the things we can produce to make space ap- exploration more meaningful or more efficient without actually getting into sort of the, the fundamentals mm. of building better rockets and that, and that kind of thing. So it's little competitions like this just create a little bit of awareness, a little bit of excitement um, but, 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 about but listen, space. Now, now, to be fair, right, it's not just little competitions like this because it's the European Space Agency who put this competition together and Ireland's sent our best and then we were the best across all of Europe to do this. So, I mean, it is quite a big thing. But also on top of that, Ireland actually actually does have its own space strategy for enterprise. And you don't think of Ireland as, as, as a big space kind of a country, but actually we do a lot. We've done a lot on, on the programme over the years with Space Camp down in Cork and stuff like that. Um, but the Minister for State for Trading Skills, Innovation, Research and Development, John Halligan is his name, has published a consultation document for Ireland's space strategy for enterprise. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, well, it's part of a, a, a wider consultation paper that's that's looking for ideas at the moment, and it's, it's just been released. Um, if you go on to um, the government website, you'll, you'll find a, a link to it, and we'll post a link in the show notes as well. Mm. But the idea is that there's going to be a plan for enterprise between now and 2025. So the country is going to have a little bit of direction in terms of the areas that we want to grow into, things that we want to get really good at. And um, the space economy is part of that and new space is part of that. So um, you can go onto the website, you can fill out um, consultation strategy paper. You Mm -hmm. can say, look, this is something I think Ireland could be really good at. It could be, you know, a a very small niche of something. Um, Okay, granted, it it may even be looking into things like better fuels or something like that. It really is an open playing field at the moment. So get onto the get onto the website, have a look at the mm-hmm. paper, maybe throw a few ideas into the pot. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You exactly. Know, you, and you, listen, get for goodness no. sake, think big, all right? I always say this uh, uh, about Ireland because we we punch so much above our weight in, in so many areas. It's unbelievable. I mean, the most obvious you think, you, you know, with music and stuff like that, a lot of Irish acts have been globally famous. Um uh, the airline industry is another one. I think it's six of the ten biggest airline aviation companies in the world are all based in Ireland. They're all aircraft leasing companies. Uh, and then we have our own uh, uh, space program, as I say. There, there, There is stuff going on there as well. Or even, you know, kind of 20 years ago, if you were to say, hey, guess what? You know what? Uh, all five of the world's leading technology companies will have significant and serious bases in Ireland in the year 2018. You'd be like, ah, come on. Yeah, and a whole bunch you've never heard of. <laughs> True. So, like, it's a great country. So why not, you know, let let space is the next frontier. Why not? Get your... Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I often have this conversation with um, people in, in startups or in growing industries, hmm. uh, this sort of thing. And there does seem to be this perception of little old us. When it, when it comes to Ireland, you know, that the, there's a sense of, you know, I, I ask people, is this sort of a, a national self-esteem issue or something like that? And invariably I hear back, do you know what? It is a little bit. I mean, there's no reason why we can't be dining at the top table with these things. We have a, an educated workforce. We have an enthusiastic workforce where in, in the case of technology, we're in an industry where you know, nobody really gets to define the future. In a sense, you know, something, mm-hmm. an idea can come along tomorrow and just redefine how everything is done. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why these ideas can't come out of Ireland or can't have a, a substantial um, Irish input into them. I think it's the only thing that holds us back is our own ambition. Exactly. And there are people out there who had had great ambitions. I went to do the uh, visit at uh, Glasnevin Cemetery recently, right? Mm-hmm. And you think of Eamon de Valera. <laughs> He was a teacher. <laughs> Isn't that what he started off with? Himself and Paul Pierce were teaching in the same school? Yeah, yeah. The, Look the at the effect those two men had. Yeah. They were, I don't want to just say they were just teachers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've just made some very powerful enemies, does he? <laughs> Listen, my father-in-law is a teacher, so that's the most powerful enemy I will ever have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, we're both saying the same thing. It doesn't matter who you are or how small you think you are. You absolutely have the ability within you to get out there and be the greatest on the global scale. Yes, here, here.
Somebody not doing so great on the global scale at the moment is Samsung. Uh, we have, yes. we, we have, uh, uh, okay, so I like Samsung and you're, you're, you're an Apple man, so you're really going to enjoy this story. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a gotcha. <laughs> and so we had the Samsung 7, which decided to, you know, self-combust, which was never really a good thing, all right? So the uh, exploding mm-hmm. Samsung 7 phones. Now, with the Samsung 9, I think that we have a problem that is even worse yeah, much, much worse than exploding it's, it, batteries. It's been given up your life story, basically, uh, if you're using Samsung's Messenger, which I guess if you have a Samsung phone, that's kind of the app you're using. You're, you've got a Samsung phone. Do you use Samsung Messenger? I do, just completely out of laziness, yeah. Yep, and uh, it works and everybody's happy with it until mm-hmm. it starts um, distributing your photos to random people. That's that what's could get you in. Yes, I know. The first thing I I, I thought of when 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 I heard this story was uh, when Dropbox. It wasn't Dropbox. It was Apple. Uh, when they. <laughs> No, 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 seriously. Because Apple were the first one to say, oh, yeah, store all your photos in the Apple cloud or whatever it was. Okay, so your photos are available on your phone and they're available on your iPad and they're available here and there. And And then, of course, uh, certain people who aren't thinking are taking pictures of themselves with their girlfriends while their wives are at home with the iPad, (laughs) Mm, accessing the gallery and seeing the photos and all kind of uh, uh, mirth uh, ensues after that. Same thing is happening now with with Samsung, with with, with denying God knows what kind of photos. Uh, it's sending. And what's even worse is that the Samsung photo is picking random photos and then sending them to random people in your contact list and not telling you. Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird story because, you know, as a journalist, you sit down and you go, who, what, when, where, why? And Samsung are keeping very quiet on this. We don't know why. We don't know why this has happened. We don't know, you know how it's happened or anything like that. Uh, we're still very much in the dark on this mm. uh, at time of recording. So this is, you know, both a disaster for users and a huge PR disaster for Samsung as well. I mean, the S9 is, is meant to be, it's meant to be all that, you know. I mean, uh, granted, you know, the S7 had its problems mm. um, and we had great fun laughing about that. But when there's one thing about a hardware failure, when you get into user privacy in the age of GDPR, this could be immensely expensive for Samsung. Incredibly expensive. Um, Your thoughts? Uh, I don't know if it'd be uh, expensive because it's a little harder to prove. Like if a phone explodes in your in your face and you need medical attention, that's that's easy to put a price on it because you've got the hospital bills. But if a picture of you with your girlfriend ends up being sent to your wife by accident, well, even though the financial damage could be much worse, <laughs> that's it's, it. it's much harder to prove or whatever way you want to you want to look at it. But there is a now there is a fix, and I've tried this, and I don't know if it's because I'm still on the on the Samsung Eight that it's not working for me, right? But what they say you should do is go into the permissions on your phone and turn off messages access to your phone's storage. Mm. So this is what I did with my Samsung Eight, and then messages wouldn't work anymore at all. Because it at, can, all. at all, because it has not, it doesn't have access to my uh, storage. Right. So I was like, oh, all right, okay. So the uh, other workarounds then I'm trying to think of are, I mean, you could change your default messaging app. I mean, Samsung, I said out of laziness, I just use what came with the phone. But there are tons of other messaging apps uh, uh, that, that you can just grab off Google Play. You can use one of them instead. Um, or more dramatically, delete all the photos of your gallery app. Or... Even more dramatically, 
dump the girlfriend before the wife finds out. <laughs> <laughs> or dump the wife before the girlfriend finds out. <laughs> One or the other. I mean, you know, let's not judge. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. Listen, uh, one more thing for you uh, before we get into our interview for this week. And it's uh, to do with Apple and Apple Store, because they are they've been talking about a wireless charger for quite some time. Yeah, I think they announced it last September, wasn't it? And and we still haven't seen it yet. Air power, yeah, um, and it looks very nice. It looks very sleek, and it, it looks very on brand for for Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll take three devices at a go, and um, you know, no sort of markings or buttons or anything on it. Just very plain white thing, and you set your uh, iPhone eight or iPhone ten down. Mm-hmm. Uh, latest Apple Watch, I think it'll do as well. Um, and uh, we haven't seen it; hasn't come to market. Now, this sort of reminds me a little bit of the AirPod situation. If you remember, they were late to market too. And there was a little bit sort of, oh, are these falling out of people's ears? You know, is the sound quality on them rubbish? Like, is is this thing worth, is it, is it worth waiting for? Is it going to be another white elephant? And I tell you, you see so many AirPods about the place. I mean, they're, they're almost ubiquitous already. Mm. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm starting to see them in vidcasts where it's all, it's almost at the stage where if somebody is using regular headphones, you're like, oh bless, he couldn't afford a set uh, of AirPods. Now come on, it's not like that at all. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how how often do you see them out and about now? I see them a lot more than I ever would have expected to see them, but mm. oh, I would say it's far from every second person. It's still a news. It's still at the point where when I see somebody with the AirPods in, I go, oh, (laughs) that's the point that it's at. So it might be 10% or 20% of people that I see with headphones are using AirPods. Well, I tell you what, we're seeing a lot less of Beats headphones. I think we're going to see an awful lot more AirPods and a, and a lot. Do you really think? Headphones. Oh, I, I don't do. know. Okay, maybe we hang out in different parts of the city. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think I'm, I'm seeing. I'm still seeing the Beats headphones, uh, which I've, yeah. which yeah, I don't like and I do like. Um, are people just walking around with that? I don't know. I'm. I. I just feel you, you, when you start these conversations, you make me feel like an old man because I start saying things like, "They'll never hear the traffic if they keep those headphones on." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bluetooth, and it'll never happen. I think I, I think you look a little ridiculous wearing large headphones like that as you're walking down the street, whereas the AirPods or, or in-ear headphones, are, I think, are, are much better. Um, I don't know. I, I can't comment on AirPods because I don't use them. I don't have an Apple phone. Uh, and one thing I will tell you about the Samsung, and they made a big thing about including uh, very high-quality headphones with the, uh, the S8, is that it's a pile of stinking poo. Because the sound quality, no, sorry, the sound quality is good, but the sound volume is absolutely woeful out of the S8. Absolutely woeful. Can't even hear it when I am uh, walking through the streets. That is a very interesting observation. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it's the one thing that would put me off. That's why I, that's why I kind of figure. Well, why am I going to bother upgrading to the Samsung Nine if I'm going to have the same problem? Why? Mm. I don't know. Uh, whereas I jailbroke my what was it, the Note uh, that I had at the time? Your Note Five was mm, it? I think it was. Yeah, and I uh, was able to correct that situation, and I had no problems with it. Like you know, I just haven't done it with the uh, uh, the S8 yet. I don't know if I want to bother. 
fair enough. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, listen, that is the uh, little news uh, roundup for this week. Now, as always, thank you very much. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. WP Engine is a company that you might not have heard of, but you can be guaranteed that you've used a website propped up by their technology. Now, Kitson sat down with founder and chief technology officer Jason Cohen and talked about making WordPress a better platform and why he chose Limerick, of all places, for the European base. Okay, Jason. So I guess to go back to the beginning of the WP Engine, I guess you you have to look at WordPress, which is, I guess, the world's favorite content management system at the moment, and you found something particularly wrong with it. (laughs) Yeah, you're, I mean, WordPress is 30% of every domain on Earth today, which is sort of a crazy statistic that anything could be that that pervasive uh, on the Internet at large and not be a big multinational corporation, uh, but that's exactly what it is. Um, when I started the company eight years ago, even then WordPress was really popular. Then it was more like 12 or 13% of the Internet, which obviously is still a ridiculously big number. Um, saying there's something wrong with it, I, I would say instead... Uh, WordPress is just the beginning of what you have to do to be online. So WordPress is this popular, uh, the most popular way to build uh, uh, digital experiences online. Um, but WordPress itself is a zip file full of PHP uh, code, and that's what it is. And so, well, well, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with that. Um, to have a website, you obviously need a lot of other things in order to turn it from that into um, a live site that is fast so that you rank high in, in uh search engine ranks and, and, and people are engaged and stay on the site, that it stays up when you get a lot of traffic, that it stays secure, um, and so forth. And so uh, th- those were some of the initial uh, things that, that I saw. Hey, WordPress is fine, but but you need all these other components um, in order for WordPress to really be uh, alive and on, online and actually be a site. And so we started with that in mind, this notion of, hey, all, just to host WordPress takes all this work. And that was eight years ago. And since then, what we found is our customers kept dragging us along um, past just hosting WordPress into other areas that were necessary to make fantastic websites like developer tools for the people who build WordPress sites or uh, intelligence tools that help you understand how content is performing um, or help integrating the many tools that all marketers have, regardless of what platform you use. How, how does that easy and seamless? So, in other words, these, these various areas of, uh, of what it takes to have, a, to have a fantastic presence online, that's what we were dragged along to. And none of those things are surprising, per se, in that this is what marketers do, and WordPress is the most popular uh, platform to, to do it on. So none of that is maybe a surprise, but that's, that's our path today where we have this comprehensive platform that does all those things I just listed, um, in addition to um, what started us off, which was just hosting. That's a, a dynamic that I always find very interesting uh, with tech companies is the, the element of collaboration between competitors, so, which makes it seem like very, you know, a non-traditional business model. But there's an awful lot of ways in which you are like a traditional business, one of which uh, is maintaining overseas bases, uh, overseas locations. So tell me a little bit about your Irish operations. Yeah, we're in Limerick. And, uh, yeah, we uh, – so – as an American company, we want to be a global company, but we want to do that the right way. 
And what that means is, that, uh, well, really the wrong way is the American company that's happy to take revenue out of places like Europe or Asia, um, but isn't isn't actually operating there, or maybe they have consultants or other things where they're you know they're not they're not really participating in in the economy or in jobs and so forth. And that's not you know that's what we want to not be. And so our attitude towards Europe, and we, we've been in Limerick for over a year, and we've been in London for almost four years. Um, our attitude has always been, no, the, the proper way is to really be there. You have real companies there. You hire employees. You pay all your taxes. You do all the things that you that, that one does when you're operating properly there, period. And so um, there no contractors or anything like this, like all, all proper. And so, um, so, yeah, so we have our London office, and we have uh, about 45 people in Limerick uh, now. But actually, we, our three-year plan in Limerick is to have over 100 and as I say, we've been in Limerick for only barely over one year. We're already nearly halfway to our three-year goal. So obviously, we are, you know, well on our way to 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 doing what we said we would do in terms of investing in Ireland and in Limerick in particular. And it's fantastic. And and, and the reason we picked Limerick, by the way, because uh, obviously there's lots of places that we we could have set up, and of course that we did look at, is is two things. One is we have a very strong culture at our company. We know what it is, and we're very. Uh, we, we, uh, we and, and, and it's very important to us that we maintain that, especially as we grow, where it's hard to do that. And Limerick, as a as a whole, as a town or as a region, uh, you know, around Limerick, it, it embodied a, a lot of the things that we recognize as our culture. And so we felt like it would be easy here to find people that were a culture match, and that that would be an easy thing to do. That's one. The second thing is. Um, all the, the universities like UL and LIT that are there in Limerick, so University of Limerick and Limerick Institute of Technology, for listeners who don't know, uh, two, two large universities there. Obviously, there's more than, than, than those as well. Um, of course, what universities do is they uh, emit a stream of graduates who are skilled in things that we need, like writing code and, and um, helping our customers and sales and even things like marketing and, and, uh, and legal and such. Um, all the things that one must do to, to run a business. And so these are all the things that we want to hire for in Limerick. And so, of course, that steady stream of, of graduates means uh, more talent because, uh, of course, what we're trying to do is hire folks, hire talent um, for our European operations. And so um, so that's great. And we've had a terrific relationship with, with those universities. In fact, I was just uh, at LIT on Friday um, talking to a bunch of students and uh, talking to, uh, we, we, uh, we sponsor scholarships for students at LIT. So it's fun getting to see them and see some of the projects they're working on. So we just have a very, again, again, it's about giving back and giving and taking. You know, we, we, we want to hire students. And how do we give back? We do things by, like having in-house training programs so that folks coming out of university can not only join WP Engine, but also be trained at WP Engine to get better. So they can grow in their career and how much money they earn and how much responsibility they have and all the things that, that one generally wishes to do as their career advances here at W Engine in Limerick. Um, so we have those programs, um, or whether it's things like, like scholarships, just so that that many more people can go to school who might not have had an opportunity to financially. So the, these are tangible ways in which we can give back to the communities that we also want to uh, participate in. I guess lastly to look at uh, the future of WP Engine, which is of course contingent on the, the future of the WordPress platform, but uh, which kind of directions do you think, do you see the company expanding into and maybe tapping into these sort of big ticket technologies that were 
getting getting familiar with like automation uh, and AI. Yeah, everyone wants to talk about AI, right? I think, you know, so in terms of growth, actually, um, international growth is one of those things and why we're, you know, why we're, all the things we just talked about. Um, you know, for us, it's not about, like, oh, we have to have an AI product. It's more of this. What are our customers actually trying to do? The e-commerce folks are trying to do conversions right away. The enterprise sales folks are trying to create sales leads. The media companies are trying to get more page views because that's more advertising dollars and so forth. These are the things that our customers are trying to do. So our guiding question is always, how can we help our customers do those things? So, for example, in our intelligence project uh, products where we have things like metrics where you could say there's room for something like AI or machine learning uh, to look at data and provide insights, our question always starts with, are there, what are our customers trying to understand or do or change? Can we get stuff from our data, from our systems, and show it to them or do something with it that helps their goals increase? If the answer is yes, that's a good product then because it helps the customer. Now, that product may or may not include machine learning or artificial intelligence. That part we actually don't care because that's the, our goal is not to make something that uses machine learning. Our goal is to solve uh, our customer problems or help them you know, sell more product or get more viewers or whatever those particular metrics are. So we do have, for example, a uh, an analytics product that shows you things like a media company or a a, a B2B company that has a has a product uh, a content strategy. We show them things like here's which topics um, or authors are performing well in which ways and which aren't, which you might use to decide what to put on a homepage or what to put in a newsletter or what to write more about or who, or which which of your um, freelancing authors you should hire more because they're doing really well. So again, everything I just listed are, are tangible things you would do with that to make your business better. Now, at the moment, we do that without machine learning. But if we can make it even better with machine learning, then we're going to do machine learning, right? So we won't, we won't chase buzzwords. We, we'll, we'll make sure we're focused on what customers need and build that. Uh, whereas another example, you know, one of the things that having this great culture and all this talent worldwide does is it allows us to provide on the customer um, um, support and experience side. You know, when you call in and ask for help, um, or you write in and ask for help, who's answering that call and what's that like? When we when we invest in things like culture and talent, as we've been talking about, what happens is we have fantastic customer service, and it's so good. Our NPS is over 70, which is a sort of a ridiculous metric, which we look at every six months because it's hard to believe, actually, because it's, it's so high. Um, that in itself is part of what makes the product um, so appealing. Like sometimes it's features, sometimes it's machine learning, and sometimes it's just, wow, I had a terrific experience to, um, as a customer talking to them. They've got my back. You know, if anything's wrong, they'll, you know, they'll jump. Um, this is this is great. I feel like I can sleep at night because because uh, they're there. You know, that's just as much a part of the product as, as a feature or or machine learning. And so, you know, that's that's again a, a reflection of us focused on our customer. Except there, it's it's about uh, the human interaction as opposed to the features. But either way, it's a focus on our customer. And actually, another manifestation of talent and culture coming together to create something that is in fact useful for our customer. And, and you know, we. We ascribe a lot of our success to the fact that we do that, that we, that we care about our, our own folks in terms of culture, that we care about our customers, obviously, and that we're delivering that on these multiple fronts. Then we're rewarded, um, and we have conviction that, that doing that, then we get rewarded uh, by success because hopefully we're doing the right thing in the world, um, in the places that we're located, like Limerick and the employees that we have, and, and, of course, what we're doing for our customers. That's our, our philosophy and one that I think 
to your point about how a lot of American companies maybe don't have that, um, you know, that's a philosophy that is more common in Europe. And, you know, like the German Mittelstand, for example, is a good example of that in action as well. And so, you know, uh, maybe it's news in America and not news in Germany. <laughs> Fair enough, right? Nevertheless, what we can do is just do our best and that be an example. And hopefully other people will follow our example and that uh, in terms of culture and even in, in terms of coming to Ireland and, uh, and, and doing business there and employing folks there and so forth because it's working out really well for us. And that was Niall Kitson talking to founder and chief technology officer with WP Engine, Jason Cohen. That's almost it for our show this week. The programme is supported, as always, by PRTG from Paisler, which monitors your IT infrastructure 24-7 and alerts you to problems before your users even notice. To work smarter, faster and better, check out their system online at www.paisler.com. Remember, you can also get the lowdown on all things happening in tech in Ireland with hourly updates in the newsletters and more with our website techcentral.ie or of course listen to us each week online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Thank you.